my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, ladies, and welcome to a bonus episode of Black Girls Heal. So this episode was originally going to be a bonus episode for our bonus club membership, um, which if you don't know, is a mini membership for ladies who really love our podcast. Um, and I release bonus episodes about different topics um, for women to download. So there's that. But then I was thinking, okay, maybe I should do this on another platform. And so I was thinking I was going to do this on Instagram live or Facebook live and that didn't happen. And so I thought the podcast would be better. Um, because that way as many people who may need to hear this can, and I started to get different confirmations from things that my students would say and other people around me would say. So I hope that you find this helpful. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. With the crazy heat waves we are experiencing this summer, especially here in Texas, it can be hard to stay fresh while you're out and about. And that's why I've incorporated the Honey Pot's foaming wash and wipes into my daily routine. The Cucumber Aloe Honey Pot wipes provide a quick refresh when I leave a day of errands and head to a girls' night with friends. If you're heading to an outdoor concert or festival, the Honey Pot wipes are a must to keep you fresh between the fun. Both the foaming wash and wipes are plant-derived, backed by science, dermatologist-approved, gynecologist approved, and hypoallergenic. Get 25% off your first order from thehoneypot.co slash summer. That's T-H-E-H-O-N-E-Y-P-O-T dot C-O slash summer to get 25% off your first order and join the hive today. So this podcast is about racial trauma and the healing of it and some of the hiccups that may happen. And, um, Different than other episodes, I usually only teach about things um, that I know in and out and that I know how to give you clear cut um, steps on how to solve it. And this one is not one of those things, but I want to talk about it because I know that it is something that we are all experiencing um, with just the onslaught of news and things that we see. And so hopefully, um, my, my, my thoughts about it are helpful because I think it's a little bit different than what we may typically hear from people who are professionals in the healing space. Um, and hopefully that makes sense in a moment, but let me tell you a little bit about black girls heal 
Um, some of you may already know this, but I created Black Girls Heal um, at the same time that I had another platform called Love Junkie, which was a podcast that was just about sex and love addiction. And in me talking about sex and love addiction for everybody, um, the more I saw that it was different for us, um, the way that it showed up for us, our cultural expectations, the way that our trauma um, impacted us. So I created Black Girls Heal originally just to heal trauma and how trauma looks in our community. And it's supposed to be running parallel to my love addiction and um, relationship stuff um, via Love Junkie and stuff I was building under my former name. <laughs> my former name that I used to go by was Sheena the Therapist. Um, and you can like Google and see what, um, what stuff comes up with with that. But obviously I've condensed all of that together. But one of the main things, one of the main traumas that I knew needed its own space to talk about was the impact of racial trauma. So what it's like to um, be criminalized, what's it's, what's it like to um, have systemic oppression and have um, the white um, supremacist um, systems that are in our country and in the world try to gaslight us that we're making this up um, to isolate us, to reject us, to appropriate us, steal from us and how um, detrimental that is. Um, you know, the, the clip that went viral of the little girl um, who just really thought that she was ugly and was just wailing deep from her soul. Like all of that stuff that goes so deep um, and needs its own space to heal. So um, I first got PTSD um, that I know of. Um, I'm sure that just growing up black in America has this own impact, but I got my first real case of PTSD from um, racial trauma during the Charleston church shooting. So, um, I, um, did not grow up in the church, but I got saved when I was in college, um, was very, very, um, very religious. And I say was just because of, you know, as you grow in your faith and, you know, and you start to, um, become more secure, like your, the ways that you show up in your faith change. Um, so I was very religious in the terms that you consider. <laughs> and when you hear someone say that they're religious, all the things that go along with that, that's how it was and how I represented myself and how I thought about the world. So, um, and at that time I was also, um, I loved traveling. And so at the time of the shooting, I was actually on a road trip, um, a solo road trip where I was going down the coast of, um, the West coast. I was going down the West coast of the entire North American continent. So I started up in Vancouver and Canada and I was just making my way down and you know, I've done solo trips, um, in other countries before I've, um, I'm very comfortable by myself. I'm very comfortable doing my own thing, meeting people, um, bringing out the part of my mom that never met a stranger. Like I, I can be very social when I want to be. <laughs> so, um, so I was doing that. And when I hit Portland, that's when the church shooting happened and it scared the crap out of me to say the least. 
you know, we are, had already been dealing with um, Trayvon and Mike Brown and like all, all of these really horrific things. But somehow in my mind, I just knew that church was the safe place, that no matter what was going on, like we could all agree, no matter what people's political beliefs were, no matter what people thought, um, we could just agree that people shouldn't be gunned down in the middle of a Bible study. Um, and that's not what happened. And so it was not only seeing that um, and what happened with Dylan Roof, um, other than George Zimmerman, he's um, the only murderer that I remember the name of because of the trauma. But it wasn't just that happening. It was the lack of response from um, the people around me that I considered to be brothers and sisters in Christ, obviously non, non-black people. And just that apathy, um, the, the blaming, um, the, oh, well, things happen, the overwhelming silence is, was another trauma on top of that. And really just showing me that this part of America considers us worthless and how devastating that was to me um, and how much of a betrayal that was for me. And so that launched me being terrified of leaving my home. And this started in Portland. So again, I've traveled the world by myself, met people from all cultures, um, you know, had adventures. But in the United States, when that happened, I was like, this is not a safe place for me. It finally clicked for me for many of you um, this is a lesson that you learned earlier in life for some of the rest of you, um, you're learning it now and some others of you, you just can't relate and that's fine. But, um, that was my moment for me. So I had a whole plan of places I was going to go and I was frozen and I could not leave. Um, I was in my Airbnb scared, tearful and thinking every white person that I saw really hated me and would hurt me, especially Portland is a very, 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 very white city. Um, beautiful city, um, but little to no diversity. I had just started dating um, who would become my husband at the time. And um, I remember just being very tearful and wishing that he could leave where he was to come and be with me because I felt that unsafe. So that launched me into feeling that type of fear um, and anxiety all over, all the time for years. Um, and nothing really helped. So I did what I need to do from other people who are in my field, from the things that I read. I would just Google, Google, Google how to heal from PTSD from racial trauma. And I don't know if you've ever Googled that and try to find things yourself. It's hard. It's hard to find anything substantial that is not a think piece about racial injustice in the world um, or how trauma really hurts black people. Like, no, duh. But there's nothing that says, and then do this. Um, and so um, I limited the things that I saw. I would no longer um, read or watch anything that I found triggering. Um, I have not watched any of any of the subs subsequent murders that have happened from Philando to even um, Ahmad now. 
um, because is that's the the exploitation of black pain and black bodies is not entertainment to me. I don't need to watch it to know what happened and even knowing what happened. That how does that help me? And that's just where I am. I know that there are a lot of people in the activist space and um, your tolerance level is different, but that is one of the um, barriers that I had to make for myself. And by me cutting those things out, the symptoms of my PTSD went down, went away. Um, Because I was able to put myself in a safe space, surround myself with people who were validating, cut out the people who... um, were the all lives matter, um, the, the what abouts in my life, the people who say, well, what about this or what about that? Um, and exit places with good, good white people who were racist, but didn't know that they were racist. Um, and things got better. And fast forward to now with Ahmad, um, for whatever reason, this one is different. I don't know if it's because there has been a um, a lot more silence in the media as we have done with dealt with COVID and even Kobe passing away. Like there's been so much silence since the last um, brutal murder made the headlines. Of course, not that is not happening. If I were um, subscribed to a, a lot of the really amazing um, websites that are um, keeping up with all the injustices and um, that are happening. Like, um, I know that there are black bodies and brown bodies dying every day. I know that. Um, but it wasn't everywhere I looked, but Ahmad, um, has come up again. And so with that, my PTSD has come back. Um, now that I have a little boy that is, um, a young black boy. Um, well, right now he's a young black baby who will become a young black boy who will then become a young black man. And then wondering how long he may have, if anything, of being married to a black man, of course, and wondering about his safety um, and then worry about my own safety, you know, in ways that I can be objectified or used or um, um, killed, you know, via Sandra Bland or just any any of the things that um, happen to us on a daily without the fanfare, without the protection that the larger society owes us. So I went to, um, I went to some of my places that, you know, some of my groups with the women, some of my therapy groups, um, for those of you who don't know, I am a licensed professional therapist. I have paused my therapy practice to focus on coaching. Um, but, um, I love therapy. I love what therapy does for people and, um, I love my community of women who are therapists. And so I went in those spaces and I asked, are there any resources for this? And there wasn't really anything there. And so here's, here's what I want to share that I feel like is different. The stuff that is out there, there is, there is information out there, but a lot of it talks about, um, operationalizing your anger, which means putting your anger into action and writing congressmen and protesting and standing up to people who are racist and unlearning the impact of um, colonization and um, that black bodies and black hair is beautiful. And all this stuff is great. But me, me knowing that what white lady number one says to black lady number two um, 
does not help me when my body is so frozen that is I'm scared to leave the house. It does not help me know how to stop my brain from being on overdrive, worrying about the future, um, worrying about the what ifs, um, the what ifs that are very real possibilities, um, that there is no respecter of safety when it comes to these things. So this is where I was. Um, I promise you this is not going to end <laughs> with um, pain, pain, pain. I'm not putting out this podcast for me to just like emotionally vomit on y'all. Um, it may seem like that <laughs> as I'm like <laughs> looking at the clock and it's like 14 minutes in, but I promise this is where it's about to turn right here. Hopefully you've stayed with me to get to this point. Um, so... This is where I was feeling defeated that I, at least if there are resources out there that no one responded to my post at that time. And also my post was like, okay, I need to find a therapist. Does anyone have um, any recommendations? Cause the people that I know, um, are one people I know. So I can't, I can't go to one of my home girls and say, Hey, can you be my therapist? Um, that's just not going to work. It's against the law. For those of you who have therapists and counselors in your inner circle, um, they cannot be your therapist and counselor because one is against the law and they will lose their license. And um, two is just weird. Um, so so that wasn't an option. Um, so looking for that kind of referral. And also um, specifically looking for someone who is trained in helping with racial trauma because we're all going through this. And I don't need someone who is familiar with the pain. I need someone who knows how to heal the pain, right? So that that was that was my mindset at that time. Or rather, someone who could do both. Someone who's familiar with the pain and knows how to heal it versus just empathizing with me and saying, yeah, that's hard. I know it's hard and I need some resolution because it is truly impacting how I'm showing up in the world, how I'm feeling, how I'm thinking, and all the things that go with that. So... I had intentionally been avoiding watching Becoming by um, Michelle Obama's documentary on Netflix. And I've been avoiding watching it. Um, I love Michelle. Like we all love Michelle. You know, there are just some things that are true in the world. Sky is blue and Michelle is queen, forever first lady, like can do no wrong. Love her to death. And um, saw her on the tour and like all that stuff. Um, but... I've been avoiding watching it because I'm like, this is just going to make me even sadder, you know, with the reality that we have right now. Like, it could all be so simple, <laughs> but it's not. So I didn't want to do that. But like on it was Sunday night. It was Mother's Day. Um, I had a really good Mother's Day, but also this kind of stuff, like when I was by myself was in the back of my mind. Um, So I ended up watching it and was crying within the first three minutes because that's what happens um, with her and me. Um, even at the tour, when she walked out, you would have thought it was like Michael Jackson walking out. Um, you know, for the people who have seen like those clips of people like losing their mind um, when he came out on stage, that was me for Michelle Obama up in my um, balcony seat. She just like went from screaming to like I couldn't say anything. Um, and I was okay with that. <laughs> so, um, so I'm, I'm very, getting very, um, emotional 
um, and impact it, right? And I've heard this kind of story amongst everyone who I know who watched it, clients and friends alike, that watching that documentary really helped a lot of us put different things in perspective. And everybody got a different message that I know that's watched it. Everyone needed a word and it showed up for you um, however you needed it. And so for me, it was how I'm seeing my world and seeing my reality. It was um, what I'm choosing to do and what I'm not choosing to do in my life. Where am I finding hope? Where am I not finding hope? And so there was one part, and I've heard her say this before, but there was one part where um, she said, you know, with her speaking to people all over the world, all over the country, um, people are in general very good. There are good people everywhere and they're the majority, which is why she doesn't worry um, as much as she could um, about where we're going because she knows that all is not lost, that there's hope. And I remember watching her. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Say that and being like, girl, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> because the way things are looking, even if we are the majority, we're not the ones in power. So what? how does that really help us? But I had to sit with it and think, okay, I need to choose what I'm going to pay attention to and what I'm not going to pay attention to. Um, what are going to be the, the realities that I decide to live by and that I don't, am I going to focus on things I have power over or not? You know, the same things I teach y'all, which are things that I have also done in the past. I mentioned more how I cut out triggers and stuff, you know, but I did and have used the same tools that I teach my students and my clients on myself. Um, but this time it just didn't feel as effective initially without the catalyst of becoming. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. And so that really helped. And then, and then I have on my wall, um, I have different um, quotes and reminders about 
mindset and manifestation. And basically, um, there was one on my wall that talked about, we need to focus on the thing that we want to grow. We attract the things that we put our energy into. And so I need to not focus on what I don't want to happen. I need to focus on the things that I do want to happen. I need to focus on, in my mind, visualizing my son growing old, having close friends. Um, I need to visualize him having teachers that see him for who he is. I need to visualize um, the positivity, right? And so that really helps me because it helped me remind myself that I am in charge of where my brain goes. I'm in charge of my deepest, most personal thoughts. And me obsessing about the what ifs was not getting me anywhere. It was taking me out of the moment. It was freezing me. Um, and so that actually helped me look at a lot of different things that were thoughts and that were, have been ruminating in my life. And there'll be things, these are things that I'm going to share. Um, I'm, I know I'm going to share in different ways over the rest of the year as I find some resolution around them. Because again, my rule is not to share things that have not completely healed because, um, I want, I want this podcast to be beneficial. Um, but I really felt like sharing this and my journey with this would be beneficial. Um, because I know this is what a lot of people are dealing with, like being caught in this in between. Um, so yeah, I could choose what I was going to focus on and build my actions to focus on the reality that I wanted there. So this of course is where the, the stuff about activism and, um, being intentional about, um, voting and all the things that actually help create change, um, creating boundaries, um, still living in reality, um, which is having the conversation with my son when he gets of age, being very clear with my husband and other people in our life about, um, affirming, um, my son for, in his blackness, um, and, especially in his intelligence and his value as he grows up and goes to school. Um, and you know, just being mindful of, um, needing to have boundaries. You know, I worked in the school system as well for a few years. So I'm very much aware of what that may look like. And, and I'm not going to be victim to having my life, um, put on hold. So that's where I ended up. And still, even with that said, what I said at the very middle of this podcast episode about being able to intellectualize that and having a plan and getting children books about um, children's books about um, your blackness being beautiful and all that stuff and doing my own work with um, any internalized um, self-hate that may be lingering from, you know, just being indoctrinated here in this country. Um even with all of that, still the deep trauma that happens, not having an answer to that. So for those of you who don't know, when it comes to your trauma, sometimes, not sometimes, it always goes past your brain. So that's why a lot of you, a lot of us will deal with the same problem over and over and over and over again, even though we know the answer, even though we know better. 
even though we know we should do whatever, our bodies react in a way that we can't control. Um, depression will hit, hit us out of nowhere. Anxiety will hit us out of nowhere. Um, we'll feel frozen. We'll feel angry. We'll feel compelled to do something to distract ourselves, whatever the negative emotion or feeling is. And sometimes we don't even know that we are triggered. We just maybe find out later that we were like acting up, walling out in a way, or we had shut down and started to avoid and got really sad. And we have no idea what triggered us. And that's because trauma lives in our bodies. Our bodies are wired in a way to where it remembers the things that hurt us. And it remembers the places that are dangerous, the people that are dangerous, the feelings that are dangerous, the thoughts that are dangerous. And so to help protect us, our body will go into auto response, even when, even if we're not aware of what's happening and it will go into auto response, even when we're trying to tell our body to calm down, relax. So that's what, um, happened for me and my PTSD. That's what happened with me, um, back in, I believe it was in June with the Charleston church shooting, even though I'm like, you know, I've just went to all these different places. I've been different places all over. This happened literally on the other side of the country in a city on the opposite coast is not here. That did not help me move out of that bed in that Airbnb. That did not help me, um, move out of, um, fetal position and, you know, step outside to get food that night. Um, none of that helped me because my body went into freeze and flee response. It was an overdrive because it knew my body knew it was in danger and it did what it needed to do to protect me, no matter what my brain was telling me. And even fast forwarding to today and me talking about this breakthrough that I had around mindset, all that was great. And that happened for me, what, a, a week afterwards, um, after the symptoms, I really started to get bad and it really helped clear things up. But who's to say that I would be able to get back to that point later on because of the body reactions that comes with, um, symptoms of PTSD. And so I still didn't have an answer for that but I found one. And that's what this podcast, um, is going to close on the, the resource that I found that is not my own. Um, but I wanted to share it with you because I want everyone to be free. I don't want anyone to feel any shame, you know, because I think, um, this could be those of us who are perfectionists. This could be those of us who, um, maybe feel like, um, we should have this idea of having it all together. For those of us who may have friends who are very strong and keep it all together and are clear on like, I'm not going to let white supremacy um, bring me down, but you are having a harder time and you're feeling guilt about whether or not you should. Um, and why can't you use your voice and why are you hiding when you um, feel like you should be doing more? Um, this podcast is for you. Um, because I know you're out there because, um, I got many confirmations this week, which is what made me decide to make this, um, the podcast episode, you know, as black people, there are certain things that we're allowed to say or not allowed to say things that are a taboo, you know, that whether or not you've ever seen the movie, the color purple or boomerang, or whether or not you like 
um, Lauren Hill, like there are some things that are supposedly rules. You can't see my air quotes. And if you go against the rules, you may feel isolated and ashamed uh, and shamed for it. And I really know from personal experience and also believe that, um, this is also one of those things, you know, um, the feeling of feeling overwhelmed, um, or feeling defeated or feeling powerless and being stuck in that place is not something that, um, we're free enough to openly talk about unless we're going to end. I feel so powerless sometimes with, but then I just picked myself up and, you know, I remembered that, you know, I remembered who I am. Like, unless we end it with black strength or black pride, then there's something wrong with us. And I really want to give space for those of us who need that opportunity to just say how you feel, to just say how drained you feel, to say how overwhelming it feels, um, and not how have to wrap it up with a pretty bow on the end of it. Because it's only by naming our feelings and feeling those feelings that we can actually be healed from it, right? Which is something else I, I teach us here. Um, I want you to know that this is um, a natural response. Um, it is, you know, a, a phrase I use often with my students, and I'm sure I probably use, have used it on this podcast episode before, is the reason why I tell people to get out of toxic relationships and toxic places is because it's like you're trying to heal from PTSD, but you're still in the middle of the war zone. How are you really going to heal when you have bombs going on around you? And that is very much the case of being black in America, where we're needing to heal when we are still in an unsafe environment, right? Um, and so how does that work? And is that even possible? So those of us who could relate to what I was saying about your body taking over and you feeling depression or sadness or anxiety or your foot shaking or um, gastrointestinal problems are a really big sign of unresolved trauma, um, headaches, stress in your body, um, all, any of those things, all of those things, um, there is a type of therapy called somatic experiencing. And what somatic experiencing will do is the whole therapy model is about you getting reconnected to your body instead of like going into fight or freeze response, depending on what your trigger is and teaching your body how to come back to a place of calm, teaching your body how to not have to disassociate and detach so that you can make clear decisions so that you can feel safe so that you can feel grounded. Um, this is part of why I'm very excited. This is something I'm getting trained in myself um, about halfway through the training. Um, but I, I currently do it with my students and, um, and clients when I can. Um, and why is why I'm very excited that in 2021, hopefully the country has reopened and I can start doing some workshops with you ladies face-to-face -face here in Houston um, so that you can get to experience it. But somatic experiencing is truly, truly amazing and transformational and how without even having to say a word, it helps heal and move that trauma response through so that you're no longer frozen or stuck. With the killer part though, in me doing this training, which again goes back to why I created Black Girls Heal, 
is um, there are parts of the training that's talking about healing trauma, X, Y, Z, but it says this will heal with all of these issues, but not particularly racism. Like they haven't figured out how to adjust it imply, and apply to, to racism in America. And I'm like, ain't that a bitch? Like <laughs> the, the thing that will like transform generations um, is the thing that we need. But there is hope because just like in all other ways, when there are systems that are not made for us and we find ourselves having to fit ourselves in there, when we as black people start to create our own, that's how we start to take our power back. Instead of waiting on someone else to catch up, us doing it ourselves. So... So with that, there is an expert named Resma Manikim, and I'm, I'm most likely, I could possibly be saying his name incorrectly because I've only written it. I haven't heard him speak or introduce himself before, um, but he is a black expert in somatic experiencing, and he teaches purely about black liberation um, and healing our racial trauma and how it will pass down through the generations. So those of you, um, I may have, I don't know if I've said this here on the podcast or in some of my workshops that I've done for those of you who have attended, but not only do we store trauma in our bodies, we pass it on to our children and not just because they watch us, but literally because our trauma gets stored in our nervous system, which is what makes us like react so quickly to fight and flight the fight and flight response, um, it gets stored in our genes as well. So we can pass down genes that are more attuned to anxiety and fear and hypervigilance um, and all of those things that happen by being subjected to trauma. They've seen this in groups with um, Jewish people. Um, there are studies around this. So Jewish people going through the Holocaust, going through all kinds of um, you know, persecution, it has been seen in genes passed down through them. It's been seen in Native American populations. And there have not um, been specific genetic studies that I know of. There may be, and I may be speaking um, incorrectly right now, but um, we absolutely see it, right? Like that makes complete sense when I say it, that it's passed down in our genes as well um, because of all the things that we experience across the world. Um, so he teaches about this and he has a really wonderful book called My Grandmother's Hands that you can get on Amazon that not only talks about this, but I love it because he actually has um, exercises that you can read and work through this trauma yourself. And um, I, I am a stand for people who don't just talk about it, but they, they be about it. I love when an expert will not only teach you, but give you some points or something for you to do with it, which is why I try to integrate that into our podcasts or the lives or, or give you a vision, something to shoot for if I'm not able to tell you specifically steps on what to do, um, but to give you something practical. And he absolutely does it in that book. And the resource that was shared by one of my other friends who's a trauma therapist is that they are actually starting a program. They're starting a program called Embodied Gatherings that is purely for Black women. 
and it is a three-year program. But what I like about it is instead of that being something that's like super overwhelming, um, you're able to do it in different pieces. And so this podcast is not sponsored by them. They have no idea that I am talking about this right now. I just knew that I wanted to get this resource out to you as soon as possible to make sure everybody has a opportunity. But with it coming in different pieces, it's starting off with gatherings where we will get together and talk about um, the different concepts of racial trauma or learn about the different concepts and um, how to um, draw upon our own resilience and resources. And it also looks like there are coaching opportunities as well. And so I am going to allow you to look at it yourself, but it's called embodiedgatherings.com. Um, they start on May 22nd. Um, they are all about nourishing our intrinsic value, um, working through something that they call somatic abolitionism which breaking it down is through our bodies, freeing ourselves, freeing our bodies from the impact of white supremacy. It is exclusive to black women and um, I will be there. (laughs) I will be there working through um, the impact of this so that I can be free, not only in my mind and not only in my understanding and not only in my plans, like I got all that down, but it's the body connection that I need. And if there's anyone who also needs that body connection, I wanted to share that, that resource with you as well. If that does not sound appealing to you, but you can relate to the body connection, um, please look for resources around somatic experiencing um, in your area. It is not exclusive to therapists. Um, there are people who do what's called body work. However, I would strongly suggest that you go to someone who is trained in that um, and who is um, actually an expert in what they teach because our bodies are so fragile and so um, important um, that you do not want anyone um, triggering you and not able to help you return to a place of calm. Um, So that is what I wanted to share with you this today. Um, I'm recording this in the evening, but you know, obviously you can be watching, listening to this at any time. One of the things that I saw, um, whenever I would be Googling how to heal from, um, racial trauma is, um, there were some resources about finding a group support group to kind of talk about what you're feeling, um, and feeling that not aloneness. And so again, that is, the only reason why I chose to share this story to help people who may need it, not feel alone. If that's you, feel free to reach out to me. Let me know that this has been helpful to you. You can DM me on Instagram at black girls heal. Um, but yeah, this is all for y'all. So, um, I love you and you are valuable. You are worthy. And now I'm probably going to go listen to Lift Every Voice and Sing or watch Homecoming by Beyonce or do something extra black right now because I'm just, um, I love us and I'm for us and I want us all to be healed through and through. So that is it for this bonus episode. I hope that you enjoy it. We will be back to couples months um, this coming Tuesday. That's it for tonight. Y'all take care of yourselves. 
Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. 